And to be perfectly frank, there have been times when members or leaders in the church have simply made mistakes. There may have been things said or done that were not in harmony with our values, principles, or doctrine. Brothers and sisters, stay in the boat. Use your life jackets. Hold on with both hands. Avoid distractions. Give Brother Joseph a break. Some have asserted that more members are leaving the church today and that there is more doubt and unbelief than in the past. This is simply not true. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has never been stronger. How can homosexual members of the church... First, I want to change the question. There are no homosexual members of the church. Questions are honored, but opposition is not. I think we'd also have to be honest. There may be some of these questions that there is no answer to. Yes. Those are going to be the ones we avoid. Doubt your doubts. Welcome to another episode of the Cognitive Dissidents Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Today is episode number four, titled The Sower and His Soil. Today we're going to talk about Jesus' parable, where the seed is cast onto the ground and the various types of ground react differently. The way the story goes that Jesus tells, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus' disciples asked. He responded, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak unto them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Now let me stop there for a moment. Let me paint a little picture. These disciples did not understand the parables. 
So Jesus is distinguishing between them and the others who he does not explain the parables to. And he's saying those others, these things are given to them, but they don't understand them. These ideas are put in front of them, and they're not grasping them. But in some way, you're different. Because of your eyes, you see. Because of your ears, you hear. Think about it for a moment. There's very little difference in the actual outward understanding between the disciples and those who Jesus is denigrating in his conversation to the disciples. Neither group understands the parables. So what is the difference? What does distinguish the disciples from those who Jesus is denigrating? And when I look at the context of this narrative, the only difference is that the disciples, who, for the most part, are Jews in the Jewish faith, see enough truth in what Jesus is saying to follow him and give safe space to hear what he's saying and to weigh it, regardless of the depth of their understanding. They're willing to follow along and to participate with Jesus directly rather than to dismiss him. So then Jesus goes on to explain the parable. But let us dive in and give our own explanation first. Let me share some of my thoughts on each of these pieces of ground. And then we'll go back and see how Jesus describes each of these and if there's any connection. First, he talks about the seed falling on the path. The path. The, the place that has been worn out by everyone before. Like, this is the way we walk. This is the path we go on. This is how we're supposed to do this thing. It's the accepted practice. If you're Catholic, it is the standard orthodoxy of Catholicism. If it's the evangelical faith you're a part of, it's the accepted orthodox practice of evangelicism. It's the path. If it's Mormonism, it's the orthodox of Mormonism. It's the orthopraxy. It is thinking and doing the standard way of doing it. And what happens when that seed falls on the accepted path? The words of life or the seeds are snatched up by the birds. Like when God throws out interesting new thoughts to to people, when God is is planting seeds in our soul of new concepts and new ideas, if we are rigid in the path that we are in, if we are just going by the accepted orthopraxy of our practice and our faith, those seeds cannot take root. They will be snatched up immediately by the religious leaders of our faith who will say, that's not how we do things here. And if, and if you are the kind of person who only wants to be obedient to the religious leaders of your faith, then you will have no safe ground within yourself to have a new thought or to develop a new concept. And hence your growth has ceased. The second piece of ground is the rocky places. 
those who lack capacity to absorb the words of life. The ground is hardened. There simply is no fertile ground here. They find the ideas exciting, but they lack the ability to begin the inner work of transformation. This is the person who, when they hear something new, they're like, yeah, wow, I loved that. Give me more of that. But then they come back the next week having done none of the inner work to transform that idea. There's very little room for that seed to grow. And when the heat of the day comes out, it is gone. It burns up, withers, and dies. And they are right back to where they started. The next piece of ground is among the thorns. The ground is fertile. These folks are ready to both hear the words and to begin the inner work. The ground is good. The trouble is who they are surrounded by. So while the ground is fertile and they stand ready to begin the inner work, they are surrounded by voices and people who are not going to stand idly by while this person grows up out of the ground differently than them. This can be friends and family and leaders who use harming mechanisms of shame and guilt and salvific and secular threats to kill any motivation that one has in giving space to the seed and opening themselves up to change. And the last spot is the good soil. The good soil is off the path. The good soil is not a hardened soul unwilling to take on new ideas. The good soil is not surrounded by voices who stand ready to squash and minimize and marginalize his growth. These are those who are not only on fertile ground, but also who have a safe space or at the very least the fortitude in which to hear and wrestle with new ideas and new concepts. Those who feel encouraged to seek truth and to change without that motivation being squashed and dismissed and marginalized by others. This is the good soil. Jesus responds, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. An idea comes in, and the adversary quickly takes the idea right back out. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. What kind of ground are we? This has been the Cognitive Dissidents Podcast. 
I'm your host, Bill Real. Thank you for tuning in today. Have an excellent day. And to be perfectly frank, there have been times when members or leaders in the church have simply made mistakes. There may have been things said or done that were not in harmony with our values, principles, or doctrine. Brothers and sisters, stay in the boat. Use your life jackets. Hold on with both hands. Avoid distractions. Give Brother Joseph a break. Some have asserted that more members are leaving the church today and that there is more doubt and unbelief than in the past. This is simply not true. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has never been stronger. How can homosexual members of the church... First, I want to change the question. There are no homosexual members of the church. Questions are honored, but opposition is not. I think we'd also have to be honest. There may be some of these questions that there is no answer to. Yes. Those will, I think, be the ones we avoid. Doubt your doubts. 